Hi, I'm Sarah, Sarah Winterflood. Um, I'm the Partnerships Manager for UK Says No More campaign. Um, we're joined today um, by three um, lovely ladies um, we're for the No More podcast, um, which is a podcast raising awareness and discussing issues around domestic abuse and sexual violence. Um, so we're going to have a bit of an introduction around the table today, um, starting with yourself, Jessie. Hi, I'm Jessie. I'm from Solace Women's Aid. We provide support for women and children who've gone through domestic violence and sexual violence in London, and we support about 14,000 survivors every year. Hi, I'm Fernanda. I'm the project director at Stantol, and we are a charity that helps women and girls who have been abused or bullied to um, find support, get back on their feet, and stand tall again. Hi, I'm Jemima and I lead the One Young World Working Group to End Domestic Abuse. Um, we're a group of young leaders in London who have taken action on this issue um, and are raising awareness. Fantastic. And we are here today to discuss One Young World and um, the three organisations that you've just heard the introductions for um, have um, done a lot of collaborative work together and they've got a fantastic event on the 22nd of November, is that right? Um, so, yeah, just to have a bit of discussion around what One Young World is and what this project is that's coming up. Yep, so One Young World is an event every year where 2,000 young leaders from every country in the world are brought together for an annual summit um, and they discuss um, major pressing issues um, with the guidance of global luminaries from around the world. Um, after the summit, delegates become ambassadors and join a community of 10,000 ambassadors um, who are all seeking to take action on the issues that they are most passionate about. Um, two years ago, after the Ottawa summit, I brought together uh, 15 uh, young ambassadors in the London area who wanted to uh, make a difference on the issue of ending domestic abuse. Um, and the last two years, we've been working on this project, and really the 22nd of November is the culmination of that work. Fantastic. It's incredible. Yeah, so why, why this work? Why is it so, why is it so important? Um, well, we were all really struck by the fact that if any of us disclosed to our employers, we wouldn't necessarily know yeah. who to go to or what to do. Um, and we really wanted to make that difference um, and ensure that if anyone in our family or one of our colleagues ever wanted to say that they were in an abusive relationship, that there was a clear pathway um, yeah. for them to take action at work and to, to address it. So you must have had quite a lot of conversations with a few people to get to that conclusion that that's that's what you wanted to do yeah and that was what was needed yeah absolutely. what kind of um stories and case studies kind of came out of that and what kind of disclosures came forward um so the group were um you know very passionate about the issue from the beginning it took us a while to focus on businesses and corporates as our kind of audience that we were gonna we we're gonna advocate to and then once we had decided on that um a couple of members of the group really disclosed that they had been in, a, in abusive relationships and um, yeah. either how their employers had helped or hindered um, and that that was really interesting and really um, drove us you know, further along and, and actually the business case that we produced has one of those case studies um, in it. Oh fantastic. Can you, so yeah, yeah, one of the examples um, of someone within the working group is Esther who is the founder of Stand Tall yeah. and her story is very much one that um, she she got support through her business which was Unilever at the time and um, Basically, she, she's a survivor of domestic abuse and she had been in an abusive relationship years before she joined Unilever. Um, and she attended a One Young World Summit, I think the, the Ottawa one, the one that you were mentioning before. 
and she heard someone on stage speak about how they had overcome their abuse and this had been nine years before that it happened to her Mm. but she came back to London and she felt really inspired to speak up about it for the first time and at this point she hadn't even told people in her family that this abuse had happened to her Mm. but um, she felt that she really she really wanted to do something around um, supporting other women who have gone through abuse as well and her main focus was after she experienced abuse um, in the immediate aftermath she received support from um, a few doctors to get back on her feet but it took her nine years to be able to talk about it so it was you know running very deeply um, within her the effects of that trauma and she wanted women to know that there was help out there even after you had experienced abuse but it's really hard for you to find um, that kind of support and you think that maybe um, since you're not in the relationship anymore that you're not qualified to get that kind of you know counseling or group therapy etc lots of support that do exist in the UK so she wanted to focus on creating like a UK-wide directory online that people could then go to a website and find help around them. But even if um, services are really strained and our waiting list for counselling is closed for a year for women who've experienced sexual violence, so we can't even help those women that we want to be able to help. So it kind of, for us, getting involved with this project, it's like corporates need to be taking more responsibility because they have the money and the resources to help the people in their employment. And charities and that sector are so stretched Mm. at the moment that we're just not supporting But it's people. not just the charitable sector, um, and there it's not just their, it's, it's, it's everyone's business, mm, you know, exactly. and it's and, and that's that's the message that we need to be amplifying, yeah. don't we? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In, Which, the bus- sorry, so- in the business case, when we um, started in the research, mm-hmm. we were really, like, shocked by the impact on the public purse and the cost to businesses in terms of, like, presenteeism, attendance, mm-hmm. um, like, taking up promotions, um, the cost that um, someone who's experiencing abuse who doesn't bring, isn't able to bring them for their full selves to work yeah. as a result yeah. of it, um, you know, has on that business. And that there's, like, a genuine financial motivation for businesses to get involved, as mm-hmm. well as, of course, an empathetic reason. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you if you look at from business perspective in terms of retention, and you've yeah. got you know somebody that's you know if they if they're kind of like if they're ab, you know if they're absent or there's certain certain reasons behind you know mm-hmm. you know there could be real mm-hmm. underlying pinned issues which yeah. you know employers can support Absolutely. their employees with. Yeah, yeah. Well, a survey that Solis did actually that um, <laughs> we included on our research yeah. was that. For instance, 80% of those who had been experienced who who experienced domestic abuse reported feeling distracted, tired, unwell at work. 56% had to take time off. So wow. it, it's not <laughs> something that stays in the home; it seeps into your workplace as well. 100%. Yeah. It affects you completely, and you can't shut that part off when it's happening. Yeah. So there needs to be more support from people at work. Yeah. Um, to be able to, you know, first of all, start talking about these issues. Yeah and then just helping different levels um, to keep their employees' well-being yeah. and health yeah. in a good place. We've yeah. got an amazing ambassador, Fern, who actually became our ambassador because she couldn't seek support from us. And she was it was affecting her workplace life so much. And then she finally she sent an email to her boss at, like, wit's end, just like, this has all happened, this isn't what, this is why I'm not coming to work. I can't get yeah. out of bed anymore because I was raped 
and her boss was incredible. So yeah. she's managed to get through it and they're paying for counselling for her. She's got no idea how much it costs because it mm. all range. But she's in, she's been so lucky and she's so aware that she's so lucky mm-hmm. that her her employer responded like that. Yeah. That she's um, become an ambassador for our charity because yeah. she's like, we need to help it so people who don't have that response at work mm, yeah. or well, don't yeah. have access to work. And then it shouldn't be seen as luck. Um, it mm-hmm. should be seen as the standard. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, all you know, all organisations should be adopting and fostering this yeah. supportive attitude towards domestic abuse and sexual yeah, violence. Yeah, and really it doesn't cool. just stop at the, the the place of home. It actually can yeah. affect you in in all aspects mm-hmm. of your life. Yeah. And you know, we spend a lot of time at work. Um, and you know all that can time. have yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Sometimes Definitely>. <laughs> so um, in terms of yeah sorry no, I was going to say that brings me back to then how we were set up because Esther then decided that she was going to be very bold and approach the, the CEO of Unilever with her story yeah. because she didn't know what to do she didn't want to leave her full time employment but she wanted to start this project charity on the side and he was completely supportive like the girl who is the solace ambassador and said that he would not only um give her some funding to start the project but started taking her to events to speak introducing her to people in his network um everything to help her really get the project started and it was incredible because it's not a unilever project it's not part of their corporate Mm. partnerships but because people internally started hearing about it, they started then approaching Esther on their own accord to either disclose information as well or to just say, you know, we want to help, what can we do? Yeah. So it starts to change the culture from within. Yeah. And it was just him taking a chance on her and we need more businesses to take a chance on people, but also for people to feel comfortable that they can talk about it um, and bring projects like this yeah to the yeah. surface yeah no i was um at one young world um summit this year uh, just last week in the hague and i actually saw paul pullman there mm-hmm. and um said hello and introduced myself and explained the connection to esther and yeah. he immediately knew who i was talking about and was mm-hmm. so enthusiastic and so encouraging and told us to keep up the good work and everything and it really is about having someone like that who champions the issue and i think within the working group we've had some people who have taken it to their employers and had quite a lot of success and some people who have taken it and they haven't haven't had the reception that you would hope mm-hmm. um, and certainly the stories that we had when we were at the research stage you know people people leaving jobs people leaving the country people yeah. becoming increasingly dependent on their abuser mm-hmm. um, you know when it doesn't go right when the employer isn't there and isn't part of the picture it can have such a detrimental effect um, on on someone and really mm-hmm. worsen the situation and I think that was just really highlighted to me when I heard those stories yeah I think in terms of an employers um, and what they can do mm-hmm. um, is get engaged with training and yeah. you know and have those ambassadors trained within the work workplace mm-hmm. um, that is sometimes not even just line management or HR it's actually someone who's nominated within their kind of organisation that yeah. they can that they've then got a go to that's kind of almost seems like a specialist and that they have yeah. that safe place to disclose that information yeah. to because mm-hmm. it's. It's you know that's so important, but also it's it's one that is raising awareness of these issues well throughout. Is that this subject is not taboo mm. in this workforce? Is something we actually openly can discuss and support people with. Mm. Um, it's so important. I mean, we work with you know 
250 plus partners and, and champions who kind of amplify the message of the campaign and all of you guys as partners. Um, and that can just be a, a poster in a workplace yeah. Um, in a toilet cubicle mm-hmm. um, it could be a discussion in a team meeting it could be wearing the no more pin um, and just starting that dialogue in you know in, in conversation while you're you're queuing up for your lunch you know it's it's all these things that create and are part of that that kind of culture change within within mm-hmm. workplace and within society mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm very excited to hear a little bit more about what you're doing in 20 seconds so um, Jesse in terms of solace women's aid um, what's your kind of contribution towards this in terms of what's the training actually look like and what will kind of employers benefit from this and what's your kind of part in this? Well, I think probably Nanda and Jemima are better to talk about the okay. training as a yeah. whole. But I know why we're excited to be involved yeah. is that um, we're really excited about coming together with all these partners and delivering like the best training that we possibly can with all our different areas of expertise. So obviously there's, um, there's campaigning charities involved like you guys and stuff like that that but there's also frontline organizations who yeah. are working with the women on it every day and I just think that's amazing to bring yeah. everyone together so all the expertise is in the room and yeah. then I don't siloed working in this issue doesn't work mm-hmm. in my opinion <laughs> don't no. know if that's Solace's opinion yeah <laughs> um no it is Solace's opinion but siloed working doesn't work it's a yeah. huge issue crossing all cultural mm-hmm. boundaries everything it affects the woman in the shop serving you in Tesco or the woman who's a seat head of a company like it could be anyone yeah. and therefore it's it can be anyone yeah and it can yeah and that's why it's got to be everyone coming together yeah and that's what yeah. I think is really exciting about Definitely. this one young world training is it's bringing I don't know how many organizations together so we're five organizations I'll just mention the other ones because not everyone's here now so it's one young world um, stand tall where represent um, solace women's aid mankind who works specifically with male who experience abuse and Gina who also work um, no, culturally focused culturally focused frontline service and training for businesses yeah. so really exciting that we're bringing these different experts together everyone has something to offer and they'll yeah. be running sessions jointly and separately as well yeah I think so it's brilliant to like see that collaboration yeah. and one of the hopes that we see coming out of this is that businesses will have those contacts with the broad range of charities and can engage with each of them in the right way to inform their business and how they move forward so they'll have both the frontline support if they have people disclosing but they can also talk to a campaigning charity if they want to run like a campaign internally so they've got all of those like skill set coming coming into their business and on the other side we've got these five fantastic charities but we're also going to have you know 15 businesses in the room um and it will be really interesting to see how um each of them respond Mm -hmm. and different response different ideas interacting with each other comparing notes like you know how how am i going to take this forward in my business versus you know the person I'm sitting next door to you and we're definitely planning some group sessions to um, like facilitate and discuss how people are planning on taking it forward and, and try and create some unity across the corporate sector as well um, mm. and how they're addressing this issue yeah it comes back to your campaign every, everyone's business yeah everyone's business yeah and I just think that's so true I yeah we need to do everything we can and it is starting to shift and mm. I think you can see it starting to shift as the conversation you can now have in the pub a bit because of me too and all that stuff that's happened in the last kind of 18 months um, it's acceptable to bring up Mm. some experience you've had or something you've seen 
with a beer, which yeah. I don't think 18 months ago it was. And that's incredible. It's been when I started volunteering for a domestic violence charity four years ago, which was really when I started um, doing this work. And I couldn't tell friends that I was doing this work. People found it really odd that yes. I'd taken up this issue. Um, and without, you know, I didn't particularly have a personal experience myself, but I did know someone. Um, and I just, you know, wanted to do something. And people found it bizarre and I couldn't mm-hmm. I couldn't bring it up and I you know for the last four years I've really seen that change and definitely mm-hmm. I think since me too it's something that people just don't really don't take up such an issue with anymore and then we're just more interested to hear what you're doing rather than questioning why on earth you've you've taken mm-hmm. up this difficult thing that you just want to shut up about you yeah. know <laughs> so this is, yeah this is so important as well because it's what we want to focus on in the sense that we don't want to help a business just write an HR policy mm-hmm. or just like put something in their procedure that they yeah. acknowledge domestic abuse. It's the conversation in the pub that shows it's come such a long way yeah. because then you're okay to talk about it and that's how you start shifting cultures and it really is like a culturally ingrained issue. Um, so as you mentioned before, um, it's finding these champions within the businesses and we're looking for the audience for the training will be like young leaders people who are interested in the topic rather than please can you send your hr representative so we want someone who really wants to engage with it yeah um who will then be more active coming back to their businesses and trying to find ways that would work for them yeah it doesn't matter what level you're at as long as you're passionate about the issue yeah um, that's the most important thing yeah and everyone's got a role to play in ending domestic abuse and sexual violence is that it's not just hr's issue it's it's the it's the, it's the person who's serving coffee it's the person it's the you know sparrow it's the it's the person who you know it's everyone has a role you know and it's not just a female um role either it's yeah. it's you know it's the you know, men have a role in in ending domestic abuse, sexual violence. Men are affected by domestic abuse and sexual violence too, and it's fantastic. You've got mankind and and Mark are a part yeah. of that because yeah. that's great. And obviously, Mark couldn't be here today, unfortunately. Um, but mm-hmm. he'd been a great voice to have on this podcast today. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and you know, and having though that kind of platform to share those stories and 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 you know, and that's mm-hmm. that's somebody's lived experience, which um, we we need to be hearing more of those and. The, the courageous um, individuals that have come forward and we've we've heard those you know yeah th- those mm-hmm. come from me too and uh, and times up as well you know and all, all these movements that have kind of created this this kind of acceptance within society to have this dialogue which you know mm. the charitable sector and solace and 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 um, mankind and another organization survivors UK have been fighting so hard yeah. to to have and, and now is our time to be having mm-hmm. this conversation um so it's very exciting and where to take that conversation and, and create that conversation and sustain it, but also transform that into some social change and cultural change like you were discussing is that yeah. it can be, and making it personalised as well to people is that, you know, it's not just within the workplace, it's within community, it's, you know, it can be anybody's, you know, it can be your brother, like you said, yeah. it can yeah. be your daughter. You know, conversation, your daughter, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. As the, and it comes back to that is everyone's business mm. and it's a conversation that we need to be having and and make that that kind of change yeah. so is it just the 22nd that you've you've got in the diary at the moment what's what's kind of happening after the 22nd is there so we um we're actually uh, planning to run some more sessions in 2019 we're putting together an application for some funding 
um, so that we can do that um, with 50 businesses over the course of a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're applying to the Times Up UK fund um, in order to be able to do that. Um, so we're hoping to bring the funding and um, financial support from the corporates that we're working with um, together as like a whole package to be able to deliver this really effectively. Um, so yeah, this will be the first time that we come together to deliver the training, but it's yeah. something we want to carry on doing yeah. throughout to 2019. Yeah, and I think that once we've introduced the charities to the different organisations, they've run their sessions, the idea is that the charities and those corporates will stay in touch for you know at least six months after the training to kind of really work together to implement it in the business, to provide advice, to be at the other end of a phone call if yeah. someone's like, oh, what do I do now? Like, I want to release this campaign. Is this a good campaign? Like, what do you think? Um, I think it's really useful for the people who are going to be advocating within the businesses just to have those more personal connections to the charities um, who they can reach out to. Um, so that's the kind of more immediate. Um, yeah, that's really work important. That we hope to see. Yeah. And so, um, in regards to the organisations which you've been working with the corporates, yes. what was your. So, when you were kind of doing the initial call around and introducing, mm. this is our project, this is what we're going to do, what was their response? Um, like, quite varied. Um, I think the figure of, you know, this costs. Uh, UK business £2.7 billion every year yeah. certainly um, gets people thinking it's staggering um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they certainly uh, you know, don't, don't expect you to come out with that kind of um, economic argument um, and I think they say do start listening when yeah. you use that mm. um, and especially when you start talking about the very minimal costs of the training um, by comparison to that and how the kind of preventative approach is so effective and the kind of being proactive rather than just like incurring those costs without really being aware of it in your business Um, so we definitely got um, some interest um, and One Young World have been fantastic in terms of promoting uh, the working group to its network of you know a huge number of corporates that send delegates to the to the conference every year and who might be interested in attending this training session Um, so we've really benefited from their support um, and of course, members of the working group, they work internally, you know, they are in their organisations, so they can go to their senior leadership and, and get their engagement um, in the issue. But it has been mixed, um, which has been quite interesting to see, you know, which, I won't name names, but which organisations have taken it up and which ones have been a little bit more hesitant. Tell us afterwards. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're hoping um, to have as many as possible attend, at least on the 22nd, um, even if it's just as a, to see to see how they feel about it, um, even if they're a little bit hesitant, they're not quite sure, I think it's a great, you know, give give that day to it and see see how you feel at the end of it. Um, and so that's how we're sort of persuading corporates to engage with it, if they're, yeah. not, if they're not too sure. Yeah. Um, you know. And hopefully the day will change some perceptions Absolutely. for those corporates. Yeah. Like, yeah. although you've given them the economic figures and stuff like that, I still think when you talk to the public, and I'm sure mm. everyone finds this, um, that they go well it's just the people on x or the people of x income it's mm. not affecting the people i work with yeah. you know and you're like well it is <laughs> yeah. um may not be disclosed as of yet <laughs> yeah. yeah they might be better at hiding it because of some what things or but it doesn't mean it's not there and hopefully yeah. starting doing this training and the, the 22nd will help us break those some of those boundaries that have been put up and those walls yeah no i think it's to definitely help to inspire people a little bit and, br- and bring it alive yeah because um, we've, we've produced this business case so i think that's really a, an attractive piece of work and people find it very engaging it's really 
got some good arguments behind it, but this train day will really bring that bring that piece alive and, and make people definitely. And with how many people is it thirty? It? Yeah, so around yeah. 30 people. Around 30 for the people. Mm-hmm. Um, five of us for running it. Yeah. Five different yeah. charities. Yeah. And we're hoping for two people from each organisation yeah. to kind of have that kind of presence. That's incredible. Yeah. And I mean, like any training session, when you're discussing domestic abuse and sexual violence, it's incredible what stories actually come through, that mm-hmm. shared lived experiences that yeah. kind of come through. And, yeah. you know, once you create that kind of safe place and people then just start talking and think, actually, it happened to my neighbour mm. and this is you know and I wasn't sure maybe what to do and I just heard loads of noise and actually in hindsight this is you know something that I could have done or you know kind of just having that kind of conversation mm. um it comes from a, a lot of disclosures that kind of come forward <clears throat> whether or not that's just be you know can I have a quick word for you after the session yeah. you know um or it may just be you know somebody actually feels quite comfortable to discuss that in front of other you know yeah. other people as well yeah. um it's some really powerful um, testimonies that kind of come forward from that mm-hmm. um, Solace must have lots and lots <laughs> of you know kind of um, lived experiences that kind of come through and you know the kind of people which you support and the women that you support so um, if you've got any kind of shared lived experiences that um, you maybe want to you'll be bringing to the, these training sessions to kind of discuss with these corporates yeah so um, all our training is developed based on the experience of our advocates and our yeah our workers and it's all done so it might not be delivered by an advocate because they're off advocating but um, <laughs> they all it, it, all the training is d- developed with them so it all incorporates lots of lived experiences yeah. about the situation and about what people have experienced and um i think that adds a lot to the to the session because it can prompt lots of different types of thinking yeah definitely as you said yeah, it evokes a, a lot of conversation because um, it's relatable, isn't it? It's, the, yeah. it's very relatable. Yeah. If, if you've got a mix of um, male and female attendees? Yeah, um, we have. And actually, um, we have someone who's hopefully going to be joining us at the beginning of the day, um, a gentleman um, called Luke Hart, who has spoken quite a lot about this issue um, really it's publicly incredible. and is an incredible speaker and has a really quite a remarkable story that he shared last week at the summit. Um, and I've asked him to come along and share that story at the beginning of the day because um, I think it will really engage people and um, you know put that that personal side to it. Um, I remember running sessions on campuses when I was um, back at uni volunteering and started doing this work and that lived experience when people talk about what they've been through um, just really captures the room yeah. and um, you know focuses everyone on, on what it's all about um, and I think that will be a brilliant way to start the day yeah that's really powerful and I think we um if you've seen our PSAs our public service announcements so we've got some of like celebrities and and you know they they have such an impact and you know incredible but for me personally and I think kind of collective campaigns that we had discussion around what is the most impactful way to get a message out is actually you know hearing from a survivor Mm -hmm. you know there's there's nothing that that's that's more you know, empowering and impactful than, yeah. than to hear from, from a survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, so and that's something which um, we'd like to explore for kind of like our next PSA yeah. and, and things as well. Mm-hmm. And I definitely, I think, like, just going from the kind of the, yeah. the group around this room, so I think that's how a lot of people kind of feel is that people want to hear from survivors. Yeah. They want to yeah. hear their stories that they've been, you know, in silence for so long mm-hmm. and that people people want to, to hear stories. And we, 
we have kind of a a community online now and you know especially through the, the UK says no more campaign where so many survivors kind of share stories and you know and uh, are sharing quotations and images and hashtags online yeah. and they've created this this community this this mm. this this sense of belonging online with 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 fellow you know fellow people to support and I think that that can definitely start with, you know, incredible mm. you know just that one conversation well part of the training will be sort of sharing these stories educating people about like what is domestic abuse why mm -hmm. it matters how what are the different forms etc mm -hmm. but then we don't want people to feel um you know kind of hopeless and lost after yeah. the first section of the day so the rest of the day will very very yeah. much be action-based and looking at examples like Stamtol that yeah. um, did work within a work environment and then also we're bringing um, a partner from Employees Initiative Against Domestic Abuse, yeah. Elizabeth Filkin, yeah. and um, she's been working with corporates on yeah. getting them to share their success mm -hmm. stories on how they've been working with domestic abuse. Yeah. So we met with her last week and she was telling us an example of a, a corporate in London who did... Um, a whole week I think which was sort of raising awareness on this mm. and they just brought in some external people who walked around with a button that says you can talk to me and you can talk to me if you've been affected by abuse if you want to learn more about abuse if you know someone who's gone through abuse or if you're a perpetrator yeah so they would go in the room on their own accord to talk to this person and there would be no stigma around yeah. oh they've been through this or it could yeah. be that they just want to learn about it yeah so it was a good way to start the conversation within that business so she's going to come and share some of those stories as well yeah. oh fantastic yeah. Exciting. yeah so um have you got anybody else that's going to be attending or um, we've got um, the patron of um, an organisation called CAN, um, who run a really effective youth network around ending domestic abuse, um, Carol Stone. She's going to come and introduce the day. Um, and um, we've obviously got all our fantastic charities. Um, and I think um, I'm really excited to meet the people who come from the corporates yeah. and to hear their stories. I think that will be a really uh, key addition um, as to you know hearing why they're there in the room and um, what, what's going to come from this uh, will be really mm. interesting to see what yeah. comes from that. Fantastic. Should be a really good day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Um, well, thank you very much for joining today. Um, thank you. And, um, thank you for having us. Thank you. I'm looking forward to the 22nd. Um, <laughs> but if, you, if, if, if anyone listening, if you want more information and support around these issues, um, please visit www.uksaysnomore.org. Thank you. Mm.